your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Writers, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 9.07 p.m. Eastern Time, February the 24th, 2021 at the time of this recording. And this isn't hockey-related, but I do need to bring something up. 224, obviously, Kobe Bryant wore the jersey number 24, and uh, his daughter, Gianna Bryant, wore the jersey number 2. And we still remember the lives of those two who tragically lost their lives in a helicopter accident a little over a year ago. It's still very sad to this day. Kobe Bryant, a sports icon, a worldwide icon. You can't think of basketball and not think of Kobe Bryant. And his death and his legacy just goes bigger than sports. It certainly affected my life. And it's still hard to think about the fact that he's no longer with us. Even a year later, we remember Gianna Bryant, his daughter, who aspired to be just like him one day. And we also remember the seven other victims that were a part of that tragic accident. And it's just so hard to think about. It's so hard to just... Nothing can bring him back, but the one thing we can do is just keep honoring his legacy and just never forget about him or the others that lost their lives that day. So I just wanted to include that in. So anyway, uh, let's continue with the show. So uh, I know it's game day. The New Jersey Devils will be taking on the Buffalo Sabres in a rematch. And this is going to be... The third time we play the Buffalo Sabres in four games, so I like to call this a little bit of a mini-series, if you would. So, actually, I am not going to be doing a preview in today's episode. We are actually going to be doing something a little bit different, everybody. So, what are we going to be talking about? Well, we are going to try to make a difference in the world, and I am honored to bring onto the show Tolik Boris, who is the founder of a charitable organization called Ultranite. And when I was asked if I would like to interview him and just talk about his charity and just what he brings to the table, I said absolutely because some things are bigger than sports, and I'm really excited to have this open discussion because I feel as though you guys are going to enjoy it as well. And We just want to make a difference in the world. We just want to pay it forward. And as you guys know, listenership has been going through the roof. And if I could get one person to listen to this episode and say, I want to make a difference in the world, then we've succeeded. Uh, Same with Tolik Boards. He said the same thing. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this open uh, discussion. I'm looking forward to it. But first, we do have to take care of business and we have to talk about the first and second live read this morning. So the first live read, uh, well, let me let me get it. So where did I put it? Oh, yeah. Here's my built bar. So anyway, let's continue with the wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't know what a built bar is? Let me tell you something about built bar. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved built bar is even more delicious. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, caramel brownie. Cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Oh my gosh, this is delicious. I've already had a few when I go out to the gym and they are super healthy too. You're probably thinking, wait a minute, these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Uh, 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 sounds like an unhealthy snack. That is not true. As I stated, built Bars are healthy. 
Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for a keto diet. And you, yes you, I'm going to make an offer that you can't refuse. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you will get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. There we go. I repeated it so that way you don't have to rewind it. Go to BuiltBar.com and get your Built Bars right now. Okay, it's time for the second live read this morning. And before we read it, I need to tell you guys something. I bet you guys are going to enjoy today's episode. In fact, I'm about to go to betonline.ag to place that bet and win some extra money. So anyway, uh, let's continue. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I need to talk more about what betonline.ag is so that way you guys know how to place your bets. Alrighty now, let's talk more about BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, sadly, but college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. We already have some big matchups on schedule, on tabs, so BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Surprise, surprise. I'm not surprised because BetOnline is that awesome. So, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Talent talks about one or more teams. NHL Games of the Week, NBA Players of the Week, whatever comes to mind, they got it. So anything sports, they got you covered, all right? So also visit our good friends at Locked On Bets so that way you can get your predictions up and early so that way you can place your bets and you have no excuse to say, oh, I didn't know what games were going to happen or this that a third also visit at bet online underscore ag and they also have you covered as well so bet online your online sportsbooks experts get with it and get in the action everybody okay 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 i kept you guys waiting long enough let's go out and make a difference let's talk to tolik boards and let's talk more about his charity so take it away all right we are about to do something a little different on this show i am joined by a very special guest please welcome tolik boards and first and foremost, welcome to the show. Uh, it, it's great to have you here because we're, we're doing something a little different, aren't we? So uh, I'm going to let him uh, do the talking first and foremost. So, like, wh- how are you? Like, wh- what's going on right now? Everything, everything's good, Trey. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, something different for you. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a guest in terms of a, a hockey community children's not-for-profit organization. Uh, we are doing fairly well here compared to you guys uh, downstate. I'm in upstate New York and Albany, so uh, we get hammered here with snow <laughs> a, little bit, a little, bit, uh, little bit tougher than you guys. Yeah, uh, we were supposed to do this uh, yesterday, but unfortunately you got snowed in and, you know, snow has been very hectic all throughout the United States, even in, in Texas, and hopefully they're uh, doing all right. But um, anyway, so you just said you are the founder of a nonprofit organization that involves the sport of hockey. So uh, can we just talk a little more about that? Because, you know, we love tr- just trying to reach out to the community and doing things bigger than hockey. So what's your overall mission with, um, w- with your program? Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, so what we do is uh, through through our, our sport of hockey, we raise secondhand sports equipment for underserved communities and underprivileged families 
that aren't able to afford their own. Uh, so we take in uh, hockey equipment from rinks and from families and bring them out to the communities and donate them to those facilities as well. We raise monetary funds uh, for registration cost fees for the, for the seasons. Uh, so we wanted to do this. Uh, we wanted to keep children occupied and, and continue to be involved with this, uh, with, with their, with this sport. Uh, when, when a child takes a break, especially during you know, tough times like these, uh, it's tough to keep a child uh, motivated, uh, determined, and focused. So we didn't want uh, a kid to be uh, derailed uh, f- from his motivation and, and the love for that sport. Uh, so if, if a family is going through a tough time, if they're not working uh, you know, during these COVID times, uh, we take in these funds, we donate them to the family along with the equipment. If, if a child grows so fast you know, uh, from year to year, uh, so what, what we've done was we, we teamed up with the Hockey Foundation. What they do is they take in sports equipment and, and ship it overseas. But because of uh, these COVID restrictions, they aren't able to fulfill those shipments uh, to those programs uh, internationally. So they partnered up with us. Uh, they donated 10 pallets of children's hockey equipment to us. Um, so you can imagine 10 pallets. I mean, some of this stuff is brand new. Uh, we've also teamed up with Adam Graves, uh, his Smile Zone Foundation. We're in the process of working with the Gardens of Dreams as well. Uh, with the junior rangers and fulfilling those shipments to those children for, uh, for those organizations. And we're trying to uh, get some equipment out for the Mark Messe uh, uh, Kingsbridge Ice Facility that's opening up in, in, in the Bronx in 2022. That's going to be a big one. So that's, that's our main focus. That's our main mission is to get out into the community, do all we can. Because we're hockey derived, uh, it's not only through, uh, through this sport. We also do uh, dance, art supplies, uh, performing arts. Uh, so we, we do a lot of things with, with children and communities. But because we're, we're such huge, as you can see, uh, our logo here, uh, it, it, we're mainly derived for, through the New York Rangers uh, communities organizations. But it, it's within the tri-state area. It's Connecticut. It's New Jersey. It's Pennsylvania. Uh, and obviously New York and the Northeast region. Uh, so any, anywhere that where there's a family and a child that loves this sport, we want to do anything we possibly can to help them continue uh, this sport or any extracurricular activity for that matter, uh, all the way throughout high school. Yeah. So uh, I, I saw your guys' logo and I know you guys are based out of New York. So obviously we're rivals with the New York Rangers, but rivalries, <laughs> rivalries uh, you know, don't really mean anything in this instance, especially if it's charity, because we just want to do the right thing. We want to pay it forward. So one of the reasons why I was so intrigued to do this interview was because uh, recently um, I did an interview with Fair Play Detroit and uh, they're sort of doing they're, they're up and coming right now. They're, they're a new organization because, um, uh, you know, it's run by two former uh, University of Michigan Wolverine hockey players who just want to try to bring the sport of hockey into like smaller communities and get more uh, persons of color involved in it because, you know, hockey is expensive. And I think that's one of the main reasons why, you know, we don't see as much participation for it because, like, you know, those sticks are very expensive and uh, they break easily. Like, you know, I, 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 how about that goalie equipment? That's that's, that's twice as expensive. Like, like those customized helmets are not cheap yeah. at all. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why um, I was so intrigued to do this interview, because I feel like 
Uh, I love reaching out to organizations like that, that just try their best to, you know, get more people involved in the sport and just overall, just reach out to the community a little bit more. So, you know, uh, do you have any stories to share about your organization? Like, you know, um, just more, just let's go more in depth because like, um, you know, I, cause this is a really good cause. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I really do appreciate that. And that's what it's all about. Um, in terms of cool stories, yeah. I mean, before I get into the cool story, I just want, I just want to, again, thank you for providing us your time and a platform to spread our awareness because this is what it's all about, spreading our awareness. We're also a fairly new organization. And if any of your listeners, if there's any families that you know or any organizations that you might know uh, that need some equipment, that need some assistance, please do reach out to us. We are Ultranite, A-L-T-R-U. N-I-T-E dot com. Uh, we're all on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. My children even convinced me to open up one of those TikTok accounts. That, that's pretty fun to do with them. Their information um, will be in the description of this episode. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, a cool story. So let me just tell you how we started. We started last March when the pandemic just hit and just started when it was at, at its peak, when, when you couldn't find a... Uh, any PPE, any medical supplies, or any masks. So what we what we begun to do was stitch face masks and donate them. What we sold them to fans and donated them to hospitals, first line uh, responders, and employees. We started making them out of New York Rangers or any sports teams jerseys and T-shirts, and we were raising funds that way. Uh, we some ex NHLers. Uh, mainly, uh, obviously, New York Rangers took notice. We started sending it to them and donating them. They were taking some selfies uh, to the point where the New York Rangers organization, prior to the uh, qualifying rounds in the playoffs, they reached out to us and we sent them custom face masks for each one of the coaches and the players. They were featured on TV and all social media. Uh, we had their custom numbers on the side and we made them out of, uh, we made them out of uh, New York Rangers jerseys. Uh, so that was a pretty humbling and uh, pretty fulfilling uh, thing that happened with us. So we kind of took it from there. We registered our, our company and we extended our efforts a, a little, little stronger, you know. So that, that, that was something uh, that was something cool. That was a cool story for us. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing your story about your organization and your charity. And I just want to say that, you know, th this is definitely important. And, you know, just getting that platform, if, if I've learned anything about trying to get a message out is so important because, you know, a lot of people, they don't realize how difficult it is to share your story on such a huge platform, because, you know, if you mess it up, you know, you, you never know when the next opportunity will come. So kudos for you and your organization for just reaching out to such a big platform like the New York Rangers. Like, look, I, I know I clown on them a lot. I know like, you know, cause like I said, we're locked on devils, but at the same time, you know, if we can help out an East coast charity, I am perfectly okay with that rivalries aside there's things just bigger than hockey and your organization just goes above and beyond that. And the fact that, you know, you're so willing to just uh, help out in the community really says something. So I want to actually uh, derive the conversation back towards your way a little bit more. So where did hockey begin for you? Uh, hockey began for me. So I immigrated to this country from St. Petersburg, Russia at eight years old. Uh, we, uh, I, I was born and, and raised the communist era so we didn't have much 
uh, for a government to have such a, such a stronghold on its people, uh, we couldn't afford much. So a lot of my inspiration and my motivation comes because of how I grew up, because I didn't have much. Uh, I immigrated to this country at eight years old. Uh, my first pair, I'm a goaltender, so my first pair of pads uh, or a stick or anything, uh, my parents, when they were able to afford, I mean, I simply, I wept as a, as a kid. A, a lot of our emotions are, are very much expressed, but I, I put my head down when I first for, first saw my first stick, my, my skates. Uh, and nonetheless, it was, it was roller hockey because ice hockey is absolutely unaffordable coming here with only a couple of bucks in your pocket for my mom and dad. Um, but we, we, we expanded, you know, we got jobs, we, we graduated. So, but, so I never take anything for granted. I always appreciate uh, everything I have uh, in terms of my family and the, the material things that like, like my pads and like my Goldie mask and like my stick. So we kind of grew up around that era um, and we kind of wanted to pass that same message to don't take anything for granted. If you don't have it, we're willing to help. You are a New Jersey-based organization uh, podcast. Uh, we would love to get out into New Jersey and to their families and just provide uh, this equipment and the monetary funds to assist a, a child to continue the sport that we love um, in any market, especially New Jersey. We're so close to one another. I mean, uh, we're, 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 we're almost like two brothers that don't like one another, but you know what? Uh, it, it's all about the kids in the end. So uh, that's the relationship I have through my personal experience. You know, I grew up with, three younger siblings. So it's like, you know, I'm totally used to the fact that, you know, sometimes we might not like each other, but at the end of the day, if there's something important, if there's something that can help a bigger cause, we will definitely put all that aside. So you talked about how you immigrated from Russia at eight years old. That must've been really uh, difficult to do because like, um, I'm, I'm just curious, like what was the learning process for you? Like when you first came to the country and, you know, you had to learn English, you had to get accustomed to a new culture and, and things like that. What, what, what was that process like? Because I always hear different stories from different people who come from different countries. And they're always so compelling and just interesting because, quite honestly, if I was in your shoes, I don't know if I would be able to do it if I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, to be, to be very honest with you, it, for us, uh, my, it was my brother and I were a year apart, so I also have a sibling. Uh, I just remember excitement and, and just new things coming. I, to be honest with you, I don't even remember learning the language. It was so quick and rather easy because of that perfect age. I think between eight and 10 or 13 years old, I think you're just so filled with excitement. But I, all I just remember is how difficult it was for my parents now looking back um, of those struggles. But for us as a child, for us as, as kids and for me as a child, it was rather exciting. New things. I mean, I came from USSR, the Red Army, the hockey squad. I mean, they were dominating uh, every single team. So it, was, it kind of got a little boring to watch them because you always expected them to win. You know, I think the only time they lost was in 1972 to the Canadian, to, to Canada, and in 1980 to the U.S. Uh, Olympic team. But coming here and adopting a new team like the New York Rangers uh, and then winning the Cup, I immigrated here in '92. Uh, they, and they, they, they won the cup in 1994. So I felt, I kind of felt like they won for me personally, even though obviously that's not it, but uh, yeah, it, it, 
coming to this country, it's, it's, it's like no, no other country. And New York, New Jersey, these surrounding states are like no other states that I've ever been before. So it was pretty exciting to start a new journey here. So um, we, we've talked about your life. We talked about uh, charity life. Let's talk more about hockey as a whole. So we, we discussed earlier that, you know, hockey equipment is expensive, which makes it hard for, you know, like inner city kids or uh, kids who didn't have much finance growing up to play the sport or get involved in it. Because like we said, the equipment is really expensive. And also rink time is very expensive because, like, you know, if you were to go down south, you're not really going to find like frozen ponds or you're not going to get the opportunity to play outdoor hockey or go to your local lake and just uh, skate um, like, you know, but up north, it's a little easier. But still, rink time is you know very expensive. What would you like to see hockey in general do just to get more people involved and make the equipment a little more obtainable and affordable? To be honest with you, I would like to see more organizations like like, like we started, like, so this equipment can be used uh, pretty much over and over. Just because it's not brand new doesn't mean you still can't use it. I mean, children grow up so fast. I have three boys. I have a six-year-old, a nine, and a two. I mean, it just just comparing them to clothing, just how fast they grow out of it. Um, and I know it's, it's hand-me-downs, but equip, like you said, equipment is very, very expensive. To save some money, to make it a little easier for a family, but yet still keep the child focused and occupied at least you could save some money i mean if you're a goaltender forget it you, you're, you're gonna buy a new equipment i mean every year or two depending how old the child is um so for us uh to continue expanding the sport and supporting this sport um we, we want to see organization people pay it forward to keep to keep to keep your your strength and your power and your and your belief within the communities that are struggling. Uh, there's a lot of children there. It's, it's not, and that's not just hockey. It's any extracurricular activity. Uh, before the sport of hockey, I would like to see organizations like, like ours uh, to keep evolving and, and to keep, keep giving in. So um, that's what we're here to do. And that's what we're going to continue to do. Um, and we're going to be, uh, we're going to be on the forefront of, of this industry. We're going to be a, a, an organization uh, like no other. So we want to become, um, an organization like the Boys and Girls Club that have the after-school after programs, except to have actual live sports within those facilities, within those buildings. Um, and the way we want to kind of uh, grow it a little, a little better, we want to have transportation. You know, not everybody drives a car. Not every child can jump on the train or the bus uh, and get to their after-school like a hockey program. We want to provide transportation for those children to get them to those programs and back home. That's the goal. So I recently interviewed Curtis Gabriel, who's a big advocate for uh, a lot of social issues that happen in the world. And the one question I asked him was, what made you decide to like, he described it as picking up a torch and just trying to make a difference. So the one question I asked him was, what made you decide to be that person or to be that leader in the hockey community in that certain area. So uh, you've probably addressed it already because you talked about your, uh, your upbringing and how you just wanted, uh, you didn't want people to feel the same as you did. But overall, I just want you to answer in a little more detail. What made you decide that you were the person to start this organization, you were the person to start this charity, and you were the person to try to be a leader in the hockey world and just try to say, uh, 
change needs to happen and I would like to see more people involved. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you the same answer. It's paying it forward. I mean, my brother and I were pretty much literally taken off the streets. Uh, I mean, that's, that's how we grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I'm from Brooklyn. We were just walking the streets, hanging out. I was taken off the streets by a roller hockey coach and then put into ice hockey programs. Um, he did so much for us. Uh, it was through the New York state, uh, parks department in Brooklyn, New York. His name is Dave Taos. Um, and just provide us with all of the equipment, all of the, all of the time. Um, he put so much into us and, uh, I, be, I, I don't think I would have been the same person if it wasn't for that coach. Uh, he's a court officer in, this, in the city of New York, um, and he runs the, these hockey programs, and they're just hockey programs. And they, it made me look at life a little differently now because it's always like, what if? You know, what if I didn't do that? Would I, would I still have a family? Would, would, I, would I have children? I mean, it's, if a child, I think, stays within a program, I think their life is drastically changed. So it's always, it's always paid forward. So I want to be that individual now uh, to help children grow up in a more um, secured and stress-free life. Uh, It's paid forward. It's just like the gentleman you interviewed. It's, I have the same answer. Right. And, and, you know, we just, we just want everyone to just pay it for it and not just have someone experience some of the experiences that, you know, others have had. And I, once again, I can't applaud you enough for just making the initiative to try to make a difference. In fact, uh, like I told you, did an interview with Fair Play Detroit. They're kind of the same way with you guys in fact i think i'll try to like put you guys in contact because i think you guys really wonderful yeah i think you guys are the pretty much the same goal which is just trying to make things a little more accessible to certain groups and uh so not only will your information be in the description of this episode but the same will be for them again just to you know get more people involved in in more ways than one and i feel like you know with just more connections and more reaching out i think everything can be attainable yeah and to be honest with you it's thanks to individuals like yourself that are helping us to spread the awareness of our missions because to be honest with you even if it reaches one family member uh one child if we could help uh one community it'll make all the difference in the world for us um, and that's the way we evolve and that's the way we grow. Uh, so it's, it's thanks to people like you that provide us a platform to reach uh, potentially any family of uh, any background. And I, and I appreciate that uh, compliment. So uh, I guess my final question for you is, and it's more of a positive one. So I'm sure you're an NHL fan. What are you looking forward to this season so far? Obviously only 56 games will be played. Pretty much everyone's inner squatting amongst their own division. No one's like, you know, cross traveling or anything, but still it's a very exciting season. Uh, Devils recently played the Rangers. Um, you know, what, what, what have you been seeing so far from this season? Any predictions? Uh, I, I honestly, I, I, I just see a lot of youth and I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of opportunity for, for the younger players. I mean, uh, the era that we grew up in, uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's very different. Uh, there was a, it's a, it was a veteran core kind of team. Now, now we started seeing youth now coming in and just taking a, 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 such a strong whole grip of every single team. We've got Jack Hughes. We got Lafreniere Kako. I mean, 
Islanders got Sorokin, we have Shostorkin. So it's like these New Jersey uh, Islanders, Rangers. We we have such a such a young based uh, core of players, and, and I'm very very excited for it. I can't wait for them to grow up. Uh, my only concern, my only kind of prediction is, I just want safety. Honestly, I, I want everything. I want all of this COVID coronavirus. Um, just to go away already. I want to go back to a normal life. I want these players to go back to a normal life. I want all the kids that enjoy our sport on a daily basis to go back uh, to their normal lives. Um, I just want everybody to stay safe and healthy. Uh, but in terms of the NHL, um, yeah, I think I think it's it's our young guys that are going to be in the forefront, you know, in the next coming couple of years here. Yeah, the youth is the future, and you are definitely not alone in this. We all want to go back to our normal life. Of course. I, I know all that too well right now. So, uh, yeah, that was my final question. Is there any final thoughts that you want to share or that you didn't get a chance to speak upon? Uh, I just, if anybody's listening to our conversation here, uh, please do reach out to us if you need assistance or you are willing to donate to help our cause. Uh, the name of our, our, our nonprofit it's Ultranite, A-L-T-R-U-N-I-T-E dot com. Uh, it's derived from the word altruist or uh, altruism. It's individuals or a group of people uh, unselfishly, unselfishly concerned for the welfare of others. Uh, so that's, that's kind of like the, the backstory of our nonprofit. And you can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, contact Trey. Uh, Trey will, will put you in, in touch with us. I will be more willing to to help or to uh, take any assistance. So, so I would like to thank my guest Tolik Bortz for joining me on the show and talking more about his um, organization, Ultranite. Remember, the description for his organization will be in the show's description and just where you can reach out to him. Like I said, if you follow me on Locked On Devils or my personal account, Trey Matt Four, you can also reach out to me and I will put you in contact with him. I'll put you in contact with Fair Play Detroit, all the organizations, because I just overall, I'm just on the same boat as you, man. I just want to see a difference in the world. Thank you so much, Trey. It was an absolute pleasure to be on your show. And I really uh, thank you for, again, giving us your time uh, and, and your efforts and the platform to spread awareness. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. So, yeah, that's the end of the interview. And I want to thank Tolik Boritz again for just coming on to the show and sharing his story of the hockey world and just what he's just trying to do in the hockey community and just trying to make an impact and make things uh, a little more accessible to kids who don't really come from, you know, well-off backgrounds and just giving everyone the opportunity to play the great sport of hockey. And that's really important guys. And also, you know, the reason I didn't do a preview for um, today's game is because like I said, we're playing the Sabres for the third time in four games. So I think you guys get what the devils need to work on. And I just felt like uh, now was the appropriate time to post this episode. Cause we uh, actually did this interview on a Saturday and I was just waiting for the right time to post it. And I just felt like now is a good time because, you know, I gave you guys a full length uh, dissection of what the devils need to work on. And uh, yeah, so hopefully they can come out victorious in tonight's matchup against the Sabres. But, you know, uh, let's just hope they can snap that three game losing streak. So anyway, that's about all the time I have for you guys today. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Go devils. And thanks for listening once again.